Welcome to the My Life Platform podcast, where we're all about winning at life and leaving a legacy. I'm here with Mark Delaney, purpose and family expert, as we're going to discuss life, marriage, parenting, and more. This isn't a podcast about unfounded theories or empty, shallow, make-you-feel-good talk. It's all about real purpose for your real life. You're going to leave encouraged and empowered to win at life and leave a legacy. I'm Matthew, his son. Dad, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk to you on this podcast. Me too. Let's dive right in. What are we talking about today? Today, we're talking about one of our guiding principles in our business, and that is simply this. Most people are just one conversation away from a dramatically changed life. Just one conversation away? Just one conversation. It's just crazy to think about. I mean, you know, you you go to school and you have dozens of times you have a certain class to barely learn something. You know, it almost this almost sounds like one of those magazines at Walmart. Yeah, like like I'm trying to sell something. Right. You're trying to be gimmicky. It yeah. almost sounds that way. So explain yourself. Tell me what you I mean. I tell you, it happens all the time. We do it on a regular basis. And let me give an example. When we meet with couples, we take them through a program called My Life Platform, which guides them through five conversations that, that form a foundation upon which they can build their life. In the first conversation, we simply discuss, how do you think about yourself? Now, that may sound like counseling or psychology. It really isn't. It's really just one powerful conversation. Recently, we talked with a young lady and her husband. She was about 30 years old at the time. A couple little kids. She's a great mom, great wife, great lady doing great things in the world. But we always ask this question during this conversation. What is the prevailing feeling you have about yourself? And her response was very quickly, I feel like I don't belong. Hmm. We asked her, where do you think that came from? Where did that start? When did you start to think that way about yourself? And she began to tell stories about childhood. When she was a kid in junior high and high school, she felt like she never fit in with a clique. But she was always the person that if someone else did not fit in with a clique, or if someone got kicked out of a clique, they would come to her. And they knew in her that they would have a friend. She talked about being there for the outcast. She talked about being a friend to someone that nobody else would be friends with. So in this conversation, we, we, we told her, you know, the lie that we tend to believe in our life is usually parked right next to the truth. It's just right next door. Hmm. Now, from my seat, it was very clear to see the thinking that she could have instead of I don't belong, there was a whole different truth that she could believe about herself. Now we let her figure it out for herself in this conversation. As she told her stories and she listened to herself talk, we asked her, so what do you think the truth actually is? And by the end of the conversation, she came to the reality that I help other people feel like they belong. Wow. Now, what a dramatically different way for her to live her life. Imagine that every room she walked into in her life, she would think, I don't know if I belong. But what if she instead begins to walk into every room in her life with the thought, I help people belong? Wow. That's powerful. It's powerful for two reasons. Number one, we live in a world 
where there are people everywhere that do not, they feel like they don't belong. And they need people just like her to be engaged in who she is as a person. The other powerful thing is with that kind of perspective she can have, she will fully begin to use all of her life's gifts and talents and make a big difference in the lives of people. So that's an example of how one conversation can truly change someone's life dramatically. It's so transformational because it's not just taking her back to from, you know, a negative number to zero, but now in the positive. So it was once a negative experience isn't just neutral now, it's actually positive. I love I love that you said that because that is one of our guiding principles as well. We do a lot of things with marriage with people. And we have people, when we sit down with them, talk about marriage on a scale of 10 to negative 10. And we ask them, why don't you, what number would you use to rate where you are in marriage between 10 and negative 10? And we talk to them about our goal with marriage is not to avoid something bad like divorce. Our goal is to produce something powerful, mm. something incredible something um, that leaves a lasting legacy in life. And so I'm glad you mentioned that. Here's the frustration that we face. Our entire business is about helping people have the conversations that will dramatically change their life. But there's two things that prevent people from having these conversations. Number one is, do they have someone in their life that they can have this kind of conversation with? The second thing is, Are they capable of the vulnerability that's required to have these conversations? Those are the two hindrances for common everyday people from having these powerful conversations. Mm. I remember you told me a a story about some people that are at a gym. Because I know you, you are very willing to have conversations with people, you know, that aren't normal, but to have these life change conversations. Uh, Tell me that story. That was just a couple days ago. I walked into my local gym and there were two college age people working the front desk. They looked rather bored. And when I see bored people, I try to change that. And so I said, I'm going to give you two a conversation to have with each other. I said, I want you to think of this. If you could have a conversation with anybody at all, what group of people would you want to have a conversation with? And I said, number two, what would the topic be? And I told them, I'm going to go work out. You guys have a fun conversation. (laughs) So 30 minutes later, I come back to the front desk and I say, so how'd the conversation go? The young man said, I would want to talk to ancient Egyptians and discuss how they did what they did. I was like, all right. I looked at her and she said, I didn't have anything. And I kind of pressed her on it. And finally, she said, well, I would talk to the Mayans and ask them about their calendar. I thought, well, okay, that's cool. Sounds fun. And then I asked them this question. Do you have real people in your real life that you would like to have conversations with? Mm. And they both looked at me rather sheepishly. She quickly responded and admitted that she struggles to have friends, which I thought was incredible that she would have the vulnerability to say that. Yeah, Very incredible. But it's a common reality for many, many people I would say the average person struggles to simply have friends. And if we struggle to have friends, we certainly struggle to have the conversations that we need to have in life. So how do we find 
a good person to do that. Maybe we're like the the woman in the story you told where she doesn't have friends, or maybe we do have friends, but like honestly, they're they're not the right person to have these kind of conversations with. They're fun. We like hanging out together, going out to eat, doing those kind of things, but they're not the right person for having a great conversation to help us make sure we're on the right track. How do we find those people? Yeah, it's interesting the way you said that. The people that we tend to like hanging out with are not necessarily the people that can have these conversations that help move our life because the people that are closest to us oftentimes think most like us. So to think differently, we need to tap into a different resource. Right. Here's what I would say. These conversations are much, much closer than we think. There are people everywhere that are prepared to have real conversations uh, I am not opposed at all to counseling and therapy, and I think there's certainly places for that in our life. Most of us need just a regular person. Here's what I would say to people. Look for someone in your life that's living the kind of life that you respect and you would like to live. Go talk to that person. You can simply say to them, you know, I respect how you live your life. I want to tell you where my life is at, and I want to ask you if you can give me any tips on what you would recommend I do for my next steps in life. Hmm. That's one piece of advice I would give. But I am completely convinced that most of us are just one conversation away. Uh, Here's an example of a young man that I met in the last year of my life. He went to college, smart young man, but college made no sense to him. Neither did his life. And he dropped out of school. And I was in a conversation with him and I asked him, so, so what's next in your life? And he said, I don't know. Once again, it's so good that he's able to be honest about that. Quite frankly, not knowing what's going on in your life is okay. Being confused about your life is okay. Struggling with your life is okay. The problem is that with these issues, we're not talking to anybody. So I asked this young man, So who do you talk to about what to do next in your life? And he looked at me with an empty look and said, nobody. Just recently in a conversation, we have a program called the Purpose Mastermind, where we help people identify clearly the purpose of their life. It's a three-week process. We do this with couples. We do this with older people, younger people. One of my favorite groups to do this with is college age and high school seniors. Here's what I found recently in a conversation. A young man who's doing so well at life in one way, but he is full of anxiety about his future, so much so that sleeping is a problem. His his heart rate is, is, he's not controlling it very well because of anxiety. He simply does not know what to do with his life. So we sit down in this one conversation We begin to discuss his future. And within 20 minutes, we laid out a plan that he can have. So the next time he walks into school and someone says, okay, what are you going to do after high school? He now has an answer. So one conversation is oftentimes all that we need. But do we have those people in our life? Wow, that's so powerful. I want to go back to something you said earlier where you mentioned how just finding someone you respect and asking them questions. And I think we often don't realize how how we can 
find one of those people and we might think, man, they would never want to talk to me. But I think if we put ourselves in their shoes, how, you know, how flattering is it? Someone asked me uh, for advice. They asked me, uh, you know, for help. And I think, you know, people would love that kind of experience. Probably a lot easier than we think it is. People absolutely want to talk. People absolutely want to help. Without a doubt. There are people, what I call people helpers everywhere. They are just regular people that care about people. And the people that we can talk to that can help us change our life are, are surrounding our life. People walk into church. There are 10 people within arm's length that would love to have a conversation with them. Hmm. Uh, oftentimes people are at work, even, even sometimes our boss can be a great resource, but we're afraid to communicate with them. Even people that we meet in the sauna at the gym can be a person that if we'll just talk about real life stuff, they can help us to see life a little bit differently. When I think about the kind of uh, ways that people want to change in their life, in the world that we live in, information's everywhere. And we oftentimes think, I need the next book to read. I'm not against books. Books are great. They're certainly a wonderful resource for life. I just think that for most of us, Rather than a book to read, we need a person to read us. Wow. Because I can read a book on a great topic by a great author, but I can apply their information the wrong way to my life. What we often need is someone who really sees the real us, and they can, they can say to us, okay, here's how you should apply that information to your life. I can read a book by someone on how to start your own business, and it can be great information, but a real person in my life might say to me, you know what? Starting a business is the last thing you should do. That's the kind of information we need from a real person in our real life. Wow. That's so, so good. Um, Now, let's say we get to that point where we find someone to have that conversation with, but as you mentioned earlier, there's a a second thing that can get in the way of having that great conversation if we're not truly vulnerable. Yeah. Vulnerability. This is a very common buzzword. Uh, It's so common uh, in circles today that this word is being used. I'm afraid that when something becomes so common, we kind of just start to shrug it off. Um, But vulnerability is like toothpaste and deodorant. Uh, it's so common because it's so needed. It is just that <laughs> needed. Here, here's how I look at life. I, I think life is very simple. I think it's hard, but it's simple. It's like the concrete of a foundation. It's incredibly simple in terms that it's just concrete, but it's very hard. Life is, is like this for all of us. First of all, we're born. We can all agree with that. Number two, we're excited for a while. Number three, something happens. Either something happens to us or we do things that we regret. And it leads us to number four, which is to go hide in the bushes. Hmm. This is the common story of all of our lives. And it kind of repeats itself where stuff happens and we feel like my only option is to hide myself. 
I, I can think of, we can all think of stories when this has happened within our own life. I recall being around 10 years old and going to a friend's house for uh, a get together with a bunch of boys. And I think we were playing football. And one, one boy at one point was on top of me, pressing my head against the ground. I don't know why or what had happened. I don't know if he was mad or, or if he thought it was a good time. But the 10-year-old version of me thought this was a horrible thing. I didn't know what was happening. I was struggling to breathe. I didn't know what to do. And I, I, at that point in my life, I was a lover, not a fighter. And so I didn't know what to do. So I just ran away. I left my friend's house and I went toward my house. Now, I grew up across from the street from a park. And instead of going home in my frustration, I went across from the park and I literally hid in bushes. I didn't know how to respond to what happened to me. I didn't know how I should feel. Had I messed up? Did I, did, did I do something wrong? Am I allowed to talk about this? Should I say something? Should I have punched this kid in the nose? I didn't know, so I simply hid. This is the common progression in all of our lives. We're born, we're excited, something happens, and it compels us to go hide in the bushes. Wow. So uh, what's an example? Um, you know, you talked about a story where you literally hid in the bushes. What's maybe a story of, of someone that you've, that you've talked with or interacted with of what that looks like in maybe more metaphorical sense? Yeah, I, I think that we all tend to carry problems in our life of something that uh, can be invisible, invisible to other people, but incredibly real and a heavy weight in our own life. It's so uh, when we when we have conversations with people and we ask them thoughts about what they think about themselves, how they think about their marriage, it's amazing how how people will simply mention something that they have that that internally they've been running away from it because they feel like they just can't escape this thing. And it's amazing that oftentimes just by saying it out of their mouth, they gain clarity. Even without any response or counsel on our part, there's instant clarity gained simply by saying the problem out of their mouth. I don't I don't know that I answered your question did that answer your question? No, no, that's that's very, very helpful because, I mean, I know for so many of us, it, being vulnerable is hard. It's one thing to say, okay, let's be more vulnerable. But to actually do that with someone, even someone we trust, is so hard because it's just, it doesn't, it goes against our nature. Those four steps you laid out, it makes so much sense. I mean, I feel like it's almost hardwired into us that that's the way we want to go. It is. It is hardwired. And that process repeats itself over and over again in our life. We come to a place of I failed at something or something something has happened and we feel we feel compelled, all I can do is hide this. And then it happens again three years later. And but vulnerability is something we can learn. Here here's what I find so deflating is that the moment you realize that you need help in some way is also the moment you're too ashamed to ask for help. There's mm. too much shame. Mm. So the exact second I need help, I'm flooded with the emotion that I'm too ashamed to say anything to anyone about this. It's also at that moment I need help 
is, is the same moment we're convinced that I got myself into this mess and I must get myself out of this mess, which of course is futile because it was our thinking that got us into the mess. Oftentimes it's someone else's thinking that'll help us get out of the mess. So vulnerability, vulnerability is, is a powerful tool. It, It truly is a, it's truly an ability because when problems come at us in life, our default setting is the most important thing I can do is hide. The most productive thing I can do is hide. And it's probably the least productive thing we can do. And the least helpful thing we can do is hide. And this connects back to the first point you, you brought up. You know, you mentioned that often it's our thinking that got us into the mess, but it's someone else's thinking who gets us out of it. So that connects us back to finding someone to talk to. And, you know, I think for some of us, we feel like if I'm going to talk to someone, I have to be able to tell them exactly what my situation is, exactly what the problem is. Like I have complete awareness of my problem, complete awareness of what I need, what I need to do, complete awareness of how I'm going to get there. And that's the only time we might dare bring it up because I got it all figured out. I'll have the plan where maybe if all we need to do is just just honestly say at whatever little we understand, what little we feel, just t- talk to someone honestly about the reality or situation. And then w- when you're talking with a healthy person, they can help you with their outside perspective to take those next steps. Yeah, vulnerability is not a controlled experience. Vulnerability is not a pretty experience. There's no escaping that the moment of vulnerability is when you feel like you're about to step out and become very ashamed by other people. The reality is what happens with vulnerability is you're not exposed to shame. You're exposed to help and hope and truth and light. Using the the analogy or the visual of, of hiding in the bushes, vulnerability is simply taking the one step to go from being behind the bushes and hiding to come out from the bushes and say, here is my mess. Hmm. This is me. It's that one step. That's what's beautiful about, about vulnerability is it's just one step. Now it's one nasty step. It's hard, but it's simple. It's very simple, but it's hard. But it's beautiful what happens. But we feel like we're back there in the bushes and, and we think, okay, I've got to fix this, then I can come out. That never works. Hmm. It's in the coming out in honesty and openness that we can change. But the thought that I got to fix myself or I got to fix myself first and then I come out, change doesn't happen that way. Vulnerability is the pathway to change. Now, whether or not you're a a faith person or not, this is why the very heart of the gospel, Jesus tells people, if you want to figure out your life, he said, I need you to lose it. I need you to lose it. But in our human thinking, you're absolutely right in what you said. We feel like we need to have this perfect plan and then sit down with someone and tell them about our impressive plan. Mm. What we really need to do is just take that one nasty, ugly step and be able to say to someone, you know, I don't have a plan. I don't have a way. 
I don't have any hope. I have no idea. I'm a mess. This is a mess. What do you see? I often tell men that a man is not safe for venturing into life until he's capable of saying a sentence that begins with the words, I'm struggling with. Hmm. That's what vulnerability is. It's simply to acknowledge weakness, to be able to acknowledge personal weakness, because what it really does is it unlocks a person to begin to experience real power in their life. So vulnerability is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Wow. This has been such a great conversation, so much gold. Are there any last thoughts you want to say on the subject? I I just want to say this, and this is, once again, one of our guiding principles in business. When When I communicate in front of any kind of crowd, I have one goal, and that is simply to turn the light on. This is what can happen in conversations. Imagine someone living in a room And around them are several answers that they desperately need for their life. And in that room is a a full-length mirror that they can look into and have a perspective to see themselves and who they are. But the problem is the room is dark. And because the room is dark, they cannot see themselves in the mirror, and the answers do not make sense. My goal is to simply turn on the light. And this is what can happen with one conversation in someone's life. The light can come on and the mirror makes sense and the answers make sense. And that's my hope in this podcast is that this podcast is one conversation that we can extend to people all over the world. And maybe just maybe in one podcast conversation, the light can come on. Wow. How powerful is that? Well, we hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Join us for our next episode as we continue to discuss how to win at life and leave a legacy.